0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blumson and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global news stories that matter. Facebook has revealed plans for a new global digital currency, claiming it will enable billions of people around the world without a bank account to make money transfers. Patrick Jenkins discusses the initiative and what it means for the banks with Nick McGaw, Caroline Binham and Elaine Moore.
1: Facebook is going to go head to head with a lot of banks and other payments companies with its new venture, Libra. Nick, tell us exactly uh, what's going on here.
2: Yeah, so we've been hearing bits and pieces tripping out of Facebook for the last couple of months and finally got the full details on Tuesday. And it emerges that it's not just Facebook. They've taken the lead, but are working with different backers from venture capital firms to Uber and Vodafone and Visa and several other big companies to create this sort of global digital currency. In practice, there's kind of three parts to this. At the top, there's a supervisory body called the Libra Association. That's what those other backers have joined and they'll be supervising how things work and the technology and also managing a reserve of real world assets like treasuries and currencies. The second part of this, which is the Libra cryptocurrency, is the Libra coin and a blockchain style network that in theory, other firms will be able to build on top of. So they say it will be scalable and it will be able to deal with money laundering risks and you'll be able to build more complex contracts on top of that that should allow for new types of financial products. The third bit is the actual Facebook owned piece, which is called Calibra. And that is going to be the first wallet that is built on top of this network. At a basic function, it's going to be a way to let people pay their friends through WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. But the idea is to build it up into a bigger payments product where you might be buying things through Instagram or if you're a migrant worker, sending money back home getting into the remittance industry, which is actually huge around the world. And then longer term, they're hoping to build into more of a full-on challenge towards banks in the sense that there are hundreds of millions of people around the world and millions even just in the UK and US of people who don't have proper bank accounts. And they think this could be an area, not just like, say, a PayPal, where you only use it for making purchases, but something where you could be storing your money and saving as well.
1: The impact here could be huge, couldn't it? And I'm sure Facebook is spinning it that way. I suspect one of their lines would be that they have the power to end the issue of people being disenfranchised from the financial system, bring those masses, as you say, those millions of people into access to cash or access to financial services. From an impact point of view on the established players in the industry, this is also potentially massive because Facebook has the kind of reach with its billions of users that no other financial institution would. Who is set to lose from this?
2: So this is all contingent on it working. It's quite a big if, but if it does work, a lot of different people, almost every link in the current payments chain stands to lose to a lesser or greater extent. The blockchain network itself on which these products will be built, that gets into the backyard of people like Visa and MasterCard who provide the existing infrastructure that powers the back end of transactions. And then at the more consumer-facing side where Calibra is sitting, that's where card issuers, generally banks, but also people like Apple who've been moving into this space recently and PayPal and the acquirers who are people like WorldPay who link customers' cards with merchants and the sort of MasterCard networks, they all stand to lose out as well. Banks could lose out doubly so if it does genuinely become a place where people store money, not just spend it. Even the Libra Association, which is managing a big reserve of assets and supervising a currency, you start stepping on the toes of central banks, which leads into the big if of whether they can actually get approval for all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's really shaking up that space of central banking and regulation, of course, which goes to the heart of how much control central authorities have over the payment system and the money creation system. So, Caroline, what are the authorities saying?
3: Well, Mark Carney, the governor of the Bank of England, was asked about this on Tuesday while he was at a central banking conference in Portugal. And essentially, he said that the BOE is keeping an open mind about Facebook's plans, but obviously they are going to be subject to scrutiny, particularly if they reach that systemic level where many people are using Libra to essentially buy goods and services. So, I think what the BOE has said is that certainly it should be studied at a global level rather than country by country, which I think is broadly sensible. So, that would probably be the Financial Stability Board, which is something Mr. Carney used to chair, as well as the G7, IMF, those kind of bodies. I think there are obvious policy and regulatory concerns that are thrown up by Facebook's rather ambitious plans, and they range from the very kind of Existential questions such as Is Libra actually money? Is it a token? Is it indeed a financial instrument, which would bring to bear the rather tough securities laws in the United States and Europe? Through to very prosaic questions about data protection and indeed money laundering and whether this could be used to facilitate financial crime. And these are things that regulators and policymakers really are only beginning to grapple with now that they've seen the detail of the white paper.
1: Well, indeed, I suppose Facebook shouldn't be surprised. It has announced a pretty ambitious overhaul of the way all of this financial structuring takes place. So it can expect, I suppose, to have the world's authorities, regulators, central banks scrutinise it pretty closely.
3: Well, you know, if you've got one of the world's biggest tech companies that's already subject to a raft of political scrutiny over its ability to handle data, then it's only natural that once it announces its foray into financial services, that is definitely going to get the attention of regulators and policymakers
1: the world over. So, Elaine, give us your take on this Facebook initiative. Is it going to work?
4: My take is that this is incredibly ambitious. It's impressive to get together this group of partners to put PayPal and Visa and Uber and Lyft all in one room. This is not a group of organisations that you expect to see working together necessarily I also think it is extremely risky and highly unlikely to work. I just can't see why users, an average user, would want to trust Facebook with the sort of information that will be required to use this. I know they said they've worked with partners. I know they say that the information will be kept separate from the advertising accounts. However, I don't think that Facebook necessarily understands how the general public feels towards the company these days.
1: So I suppose it's one thing, yes, for Facebook to manipulate the data of its users when it's all about messaging and posting photos or whatever. But when it's to do with financial information, people are much more nervous, aren't they?
4: Yes, people and also regulators are much more nervous as they should be. And Facebook has not yet addressed exactly how any of this will work. So it hasn't said exactly what the digital coin will be. It hasn't said whether it will be a security or not. It has said that it wants to be very proactive in talking to regulators, but it hasn't specified exactly who it's spoken to and how they feel about it. There's a really good reason that it's announcing this way ahead of the actual launch and to some of us that suggests that it might never actually happen i also think it's very strange they want to have 100 partners and they've announced 28 where are the rest where are they
1: queuing up queuing up are they they? (laughs) i'm not sure we shall see thank you very much
0: you were listening to a segment of our banking weekly podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and you heard Patrick Jenkins, financial editor, talking to Nick McGor, retail banking correspondent, Caroline Binnen, financial regulation correspondent, and Elaine Moore, deputy head of Lex. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our recent episodes on KKR's buyout offer for German media company Axel Springer, China's role as a global superpower, or the US Iran standoff in the Gulf, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms.
4: Care to join us? Learn how at Bellingcat.com